How are we doing, everybody? I am Jeff Hoke, and this is episode 15 of Shorthanded Takes, a Boston Bruins podcast. The whole crew is back. Chris Henrique is back from his COVID stint. I'm back from my COVID stint. The only one in this group that hasn't had a COVID stint yet is Kevin Perdios, and we do not wish that on him. One don't jinx bit. me. We do not. <laughs> uh, Chris down there just nodding his head. No, we don't wish that on him. We do not. Uh, but uh, we are brought to you by Couch Guy Sports, of course, and also sponsored by Shock Energy. Ever feel unable to focus, tired, and low on energy? We understand that feeling. We understand it so well that shorthanded takes a Boston Bruins podcast. It's brought to you by Couch Guy Sports Network and sponsored by our friends at Shocked Energy. Head over to shockedenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN today for 10% off your order. That's CGSN today for 10% off your order at shockedenergy.com. Also brought to you by Exogun Massage Guns. Guys, welcome back. Uh, took a week off, obviously, because I had COVID last week. Week before that, it was just Kevin and I. Chris had COVID that week. Uh, Chris has lasted a little longer than I did, but we won't get into that because this is not a medical podcast. Um, so we'll, we'll dive right into things. Uh, we watched the game yesterday. Uh, as This is Tuesday, obviously. This will be released on Wednesday. So uh, we watched the game on Monday. Uh, the Bruins lost 5-3. to three. Uh, We will dive into the goalie situation here in a little while, but I want to focus mostly mainly on uh, the play of the Bruins Monday. And just over this last stretch of games, and I'm going to toss it to uh, Chris first and get his uh, idea of what we saw on Monday with the struggle of the offense a little bit, but you know, it's been a stretch where it's been up and down. And goaltending was rough. Um, You know, obviously we'll chat about that, but um, I feel like, you know, They've been playing. I mean, they've been playing so hot in the month of January. <clears throat> At some point, you're going to get one of those, you know, downer games. And I feel like that's what that game was um, on Monday night. Uh, so, you know, I think the biggest piece right here is that the offense is, I think, has given us some track record for this month that there's going to be some consistency there because they are getting contributions from everywhere at this point. Um, is that like back to back games now that we've seen, you know? a goaltender that struggled since returning, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Um, I'm going to kind of just take that game with a grain of salt. Let's see how the next couple go. But if uh, we still see those same struggles, um, we may, we may, you know, put some truth to the chance that were going around the garden the other night. Of- uh-huh. uh, so Kevin, I'll uh, toss it to you. Obviously uh, Chris can take that game with a grain of salt. Uh, we go back the last couple games, the Bruins uh, won, uh, four to three over the Capitals in a thrilling game on uh, Thursday, and then three to two against the Jets on that Saturday. So they were on a uh, modest two-game win streak, and obviously in, in between there, you had that loss on Monday, and then that loss on Tuesday, seven to one to the Hurricanes, which was kind of an anomaly. Um, but what would you this last stretch of three or four games? What would you rate this Bruins team at? Uh, is it a grain of salt, like Chris? Um, <clears throat> grain of salt's tough, you know, in, in like we'll talk about earlier, you know, those, those two games, including last night, come down to goaltending, you know, bottom line, the Hurricanes game, you, you can't allow seven goals. You, you know, you, uh, I think Nick Foligno got on 98-5 and kind of was like, yeah, once you get down three, four, five, you kind of say, all right, this isn't, this isn't our night. 
and and that's a hundred percent true. And not to say you know there's no fight in this team or anything, but it it is when it's when you were scoring right when you they they answered almost right away in the uh, Hurricanes game, and then it was before they could even announce the goal, Carolina scored again. It's like you know what the fuck, guys. Like it, it's it's demoralizing. You know, as a player, all right, we answered. Let, let's go. Shit, they just scored again. Like, here we go. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of, but I don't want to say it's a grain of salt because it's almost. I kind of see like this pattern might almost be repeating, and I know we'll get into it later on again. So I'm not gonna go full into depth on it, but something's got to be made. Something a change has to be made. You know, these when these games are kind of getting away from you or slipping away, whatever you want to call it, something has to be done. Someone's got to be there to kind of pick the energy back up, um, not to bash Bergeron or Martian or any of those veteran leaders in there, but something's got to change. There's got to be something that kind of revolts that that line or that, that uh, team when shit's hitting the fan or kind of hold everything together and you would re- rely on the goaltending, but that's conversation for 20 minutes from now well no let's let's dive into that right now because you know we really we, we covered everything in that stretch it, and it's not nothing to really you know gawk over i mean like i said seven to one against the hurricanes you lost um you did beat the predators in overtime the game before that you beat the capitals that's a good win you beat the jets barely beat the jets um they're not even that good of a team and then you lost to the ducks that are still trying to find their footing after a fantastic start now you got the Bru- now you got the avalanche tomorrow in Colorado and that's, that's no, that's no cakewalk on that end of things either. And so let's look at it really quick. Uh, goaltending wise, uh, I believe right now the uh, Linus Allmark will be going tomorrow if I remember correctly, but uh, let's go to the elephant in the room um, to Karask. Now, obviously it is still early on. Um, you know, he probably should have had some starts in Providence, but obviously he did not. Uh, Bruce Gassi said he needs at least eight games to get ready. I, that's that's a story we could talk about in a few minutes. Twelve goals though in his last three games. He gave up five against the Hurricanes before being pulled. Uh, he gave up two against Jets, and then he gave up five against the Ducks yesterday. Um, Kevin, I will toss it to you. He's he's rusty. We we obviously thought he'd be rusty coming out coming out the gates. Obviously, uh, you know, come hip injury. And we always talk about the hip. Hips don't lie. Um, what What is your take? Are you worried yet? Um, you know, the, the Swayman chance started yesterday at the TD Garden, obviously, as uh, Chris mentioned and posted on Twitter uh, with the uh, nice wrestling meme he put on. That's a very fantastic meme, by the way. Um, but are you worried yet? Are, are you Are you at a uh, uh, threat level yet? Um, I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried. Like, I, I don't think I'll go worried. I almost put it more as this is more reassuring that there's no way in hell you can trade Swayman. No shot. Like, you know, did this just kind of puts that even more, um, even if that conversation was being had in management can't happen, can't do it because at the end of the day, you're getting average goaltending no matter which of these three guys is in, is in the net so far this year. So no, I'm not, I'm not worried. 
but I think eight games, you know, oh, well, he needs eight games to shake the rust. Well, we don't have eight games. Like, we, we can't afford to just be blown out eight of his starts. You know, he's got to – he needs to figure it out and figure it out now and to the point if this happens again, his next start, I think if everything goes right, I think his next start's against the Coyotes. So if, if you want to talk about kind of a, uh, a gimme game, you know, a shake of the rust off type of game. Coyotes is a pretty good team to have it against. So if he goes out and lays an egg again against the Coyotes, then I'll be worried. And then I'll hundred percent be like, Tukes, time to retire, bud, because you suck and, and hang it up. So, because you're not helping this team, you're hurting it. It's time to get the kid back up here and let him, let him develop. So roll the dice. So I will I will go to Chris on this one. And what we talked, I said twelve goals in the last two or three games for um, Tuka Rask. Six goals in the last two games for Linus Allmark. Expected to go tomorrow against the Avalanche, who's a tough team. We'll see how he does against them. And then obviously the Coyotes on Friday, which will be Tuka Rask. Let's let's put it into perspective, Chris. Here um, with the whole Tuka Rask situation. I, I was a firm believer coming in uh, in that I was in uh, Tuesday was my first day of quarantine and I had got to watch that Carolina game. Obviously I turned it off after it was like four to one, five to one point being, I don't, I, I don't believe they should have put Tuka Rask in that game at that point. Um, I understand you want to get him game time and, you know, like Bruce Cass said, eight games, uh, but you, <laughs> you're going up against a lethal, Carolina Hurricanes team with like your second or third start in. Um, and obviously you allowed five goals. What, what's your, sh- should they have put him in that Carolina game? And what's your take on this whole Tuka Rask thing? Are you pushing the butt red, uh, panic button yet? So here's my question that I'm going to flip back. Okay. To answer a question with a question, right? Yeah. If the team needed eight games, then why did he not spend more time in Providence? Well, he didn't if, spend any time. That's so the that's, thing. That's that's what I mean. So if the if he needs eight games, why did he not get those eight games down against? And I know it's AHL competition, but still, get the eight games down there. Get your feet, you know, underneath your legs a little bit. Yeah. Get back between the pipes. To be honest with you, in games that really don't mean anything, the the AHL games, like no one no one cares whether the P Bruins win or lose. You know what I mean? Like if you're there at the game and you have kids or whatever, yeah, you want to see the P Bruins win. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, we're not counting you know, the wins and losses for the Providence Bruins. So Tuca should have been down there. Now, I don't really know the complexity of those contracts and some of these NHL players that they can sign, but you're going to tell me that that Tuca couldn't have signed a two-way deal for that million dollars? Yeah. So that way he can go up and down, and then you could still have Sway and Omar kind of go through the stretch they've gone through. Tuca Rask, you know what I mean? It's not like we needed to get Tuca Rask. We got to get him back, got to get him back. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that they rushed to Garask either, but if we're saying the guy needs eight games, then why didn't he get eight games down in Providence? And maybe that was answered somewhere else and we missed that. I'm not sure, but I haven't heard that. But, you know, I don't want to see him go through these, these struggles because right now this team has played relatively good hockey over the course of the month of January with, with that Carolina game, which was a black eye. And, and then on Monday night, you know, against the Ducks, the rest of you take out of that, 
You know what I mean? Like they they had some pretty solid games. You had the Marshane game where he got the hat trick. Um, you know, you had the pasta game. I mean, it was it just seemed like it was a different, you know, person every single game. If we see Tuca go out and he lays an eggs again, lays an egg against the Coyotes, we need to now ask the question: is he is he ready to be back to face NHL competition? I think he's healthy. I don't think the Bruins would have someone who's not healthy playing. Yeah. Oh yeah. But we need to look at is Tugarask ready to play against NHL competition. And then to Kevin's point, if he's not, it might be time to maybe make that difficult decision. You know, this dude's talking about window closing, you know, one, two, three years window might fucking close in six games because he can't stop the puck. Now I'm not going to put it all on Tuga either though, either. Oh no, no, no. that's the thing that this team needs to improve. They need to, they got to get another defenseman, maybe even two defensemen. Yeah. Derek Forbore is a dime a dozen. You know, Matt Grizzly can't freaking stay healthy. You know what I mean? Like overpaid the guy to, to have him here too. Um, in the words of Felga, love you mean it, but like get someone else in here. Like I want to see them improve the defense and our goaltending and, and if this goaltending thing doesn't work out, now you're going to bring Sway back up and kind of go from there. So it's been a few weeks since I've recorded, so I kind of went a little tangent right there. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> you actually, you actually let it in perfectly because our next topic is the trade deadline, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yep. Uh, sorry, I got lost in my Swayman chance begin at the garden. We already talked about that. Um, so I did a story the other day, and you guys can check it out on CouchGuysSports.com. Uh, trade outlook: the three players that the Bruins should pursue. I know uh, Chris and Kevin both read it. Um, I know Kevin has his own article coming out here in the next day or so, and I'll let him talk about that, and it kind of ties in with what I'm about to say. Um, I will just say that, yes, Chris, uh, I 100% agree. They need defensemen. That's the biggest issue on that team right now. Uh, The lines seem to be clicking so far, uh, the switching of the lines for one and two. Uh, but I'll just go down through the three, the three different trade targets, and then I'll get your guys' opinion on, on it. Um, funny enough, two of them are from the Arizona Coyotes, so you're going to see them on Friday um, and see what they look like. But the first one's going to be off of the Dallas Stars, and that's Jonathan Klingberg. Um, he's uh, their top defenseman right now. Uh, one of my personal favorites. Uh, plays the second pairing of the Stars. It plays on that first power play unit. He was a scratch today. Uh, again, in their game against the Devils, uh, that window he, he can fit right in, uh, pairing it with Mike Riley. Uh, you can give McAvoy some time off on that first power play unit because you're giving him a lot of work right now, and he could use some a little bit of time off here and there on that power play unit. The probably the most expensive one out of the three is J- uh, yeah, uh, Jacob uh, Chikron. Did I pronounce that right? Chikron, Chikron, yeah, anyone? I think so. I'm not sure. I think okay. so. That would be how I. Okay. We're going to go with that. Uh, from the Arizona Coyotes, he is surprisingly only 23 years old, um, but he would also fit that second defensive pairing perfectly with Riley. And I think that's the biggest uh, hole right now on that team is that second defensive pairing. You got Carlo and Riley. It's not really the best one to tandem. I, I, I love Carlo to death. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it's just not, uh, that good of a pairing and it, it's gonna, it would, it would take a lot probably to pry him out. Uh, but they are part of that sweepstakes and obviously Lawson Krause from the Arizona coyotes as well. He's, 
he would be a guy that you put on the first and second line, but that's a different story for a different day. So Chris, you, you're the one that brought it up uh, defense. Those two names, do they really, uh, obviously you've heard Chai Karan part of a whole bunch of different teams right now because Arizona's trying to uh, get like the perfect trade for him. But Klingberg, I thought was a very interesting trade target that I heard the other day on the Bruins uh, wanting him. And he's, he's, at a age, he's got one or two years left on his contract. So I think he could be a good fit. What, what say you? Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, you know, I think having someone that you can slot on the side, like you mentioned with Mike Riley, um, that I, from a talent perspective, I, I think needs to be better than Mike Riley. I don't want them to bring in another Mike Riley. I don't want them to bring in another Derek Fulvord. I want them to bring in like, to me, if I'm building a roster, and this is me, strictly me, you have McAvoy, he is your cornerstone, he is your franchise player, he's your number one defenseman. Now, if I can find another McAvoy in the draft, I want to do that. Obviously, everybody would, right? But I want to get, like, the next level down from McAvoy and put that dude on the second line and anchor that down and really solidify those two pieces. I'm a firm believer that in football, defense, you win in the trenches, defense wins championships. I'm a firm believer that in the postseason in baseball, pitching wins championships. I equate pitching as more like in that defensive side. And in hockey, I feel that if you have a solid defensive core and a really good goaltender, you're going to go places. And I think the Bruins need to really address that. Don Sweeney builds a defensive unit like Dave Dombrowski builds a bullpen. Neither one of them can do it. So I want to see the uh, the, the Red Sox. Wow. <laughs> I want to see the Bruins go and, and address that piece. I think Kling, uh, excuse me, I think Klingberg is someone that could fit really nicely on that second pairing. The question is going to be is what's the cost now to be honest with you, the way that they've drafted the last couple of years, I don't really care what you give up for the picks at this point because the way you drafted has been complete dog shit. So go ahead and go ahead and trade those picks. Now, I don't know if I want to go and give a one up to get this guy, because if I'm going to give a one, I want to see maybe you can get the, the dude that we can't pronounce the name. Chikron, the yeah. I'd love, it's Chikron. Yeah, I looked it up. But with that being said, there's going to be a lot of competition for a 23-year-old young oh. defenseman, especially with a team with the Coyotes who have no idea where they're even going to probably play in the future. So um, I don't mind Klingberg. I really don't. I think it'd be a good fit. The question is is does Don Sweeney do that? Or does Don Sweeney go get a lesser defenseman like he's done in the past and try to go ahead and address and maybe get more offense? What, what say you, Kevin, on that part? Um, you, you obviously have an article coming down and I'll let you talk about that too. When this uh, part and it ties together with this, um, I obviously uh, Chris said he would rather have, you know, a younger guy on that second defensive pairing that maybe might be the next step down from Charlie McAvoy, not Charlie McAvoy, obviously, but, and if you if you if you go in that route, you want that Jacob Tricron kind of guy, twenty three year old, you know, coming off an injury, but you know, when you know he is a good player when he is healthy, and uh, like I said in my article, he would probably cost he's probably going to cost you a first rounder. Uh, I believe they want at least one first rounder and a couple of prospects. But what say you on the end of uh, uh, defense for the trade deadline? And go ahead and talk about what your upcoming article is and how it ties in with this whole trade deadline thing. Yeah. I, I think that there's, there's a lot, like, obviously you want the young, you want the young defenseman because fast forward a year from now, you're going to have a young goaltender. 
you know, Swayman's going to be going to be your your number one goalie. And so if you have a, bring in another young, talented defenseman that may, like we said, maybe is a half step below the McAvoy's, that's a good, that's a solid, now you have a solid two D pairing. You know, McAvoy is up on one. Um, and then you have it bringing a defenseman that can fit in nicely alongside someone else on the second D pair. That That's a very good start to fix a huge issue. Um, the, it's just the price. What, what are we going to pay? I'm fine, like Chris said, paying whatever, whatever the draft picks are because I have zero faith in the ownership drafting. Like I got nothing. I would, I would almost throw every single draft pick out the window and just be like, screw it. We're trading our entire draft picks until to get talent that we know is talent in here because I, I don't trust them in the draft, you know, and you know, a headless monkey could friggin' draft Charlie McAvoy. Like we know, we know Charlie McAvoy was going to be good. Like that was, that was a given watch the guy play, you know? So when you, when you, miss on three picks in a row. I'm sorry, like on the spot, you show him back. All right. I think your career is done in Boston. We'll, we'll find uh, you somewhere else to go. But um, yeah, I, I think the young, young guy, you want young defensemen or young players, period, especially when, if we're possibly heading towards a rebuild or a um, window closing esque, you want to bring in that next wave since we didn't through the draft. Yep. You want to get as many young guys in here as you can, and hopefully a few of them stick. But RD's shallow. That's the issue. And and my main my main trade pickups that I or I shouldn't say main. What I want to try to get is bring back some old f- familiar faces. And I hate to be that guy, but like, oh, let's bring back all the fan favorites. But there's there's a reason that I want to do it. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. So. Milan Lucic, right? Yep. What's that guy going to cost you? Probably nothing. Nothing. He's he's barely playing in, in Calgary, right? Or he's he's got some some points up there. I think he's got like five or six this yep. year. Well, when he first came into the league, all he did was fight. His first year or two, he he had like a dozen fights each year. All right. Now, yep. now, after year three, he transitions into a little bit more of that goal score. He's finding the back of the net. So the fightings, the fight in majors go way down. Fine. So be it. But now he's entering the back end of his career. I'm not saying, you know, bring this guy in and have him be the, you know, Doug Glatt or whatever that from uh, the movie Goon, where you're only going on the ice to beat someone's face in. No. But you're going on the ice when someone decides it's okay to cheap shot Marshan into the back of the board, like into the boards from behind. Yep. And you don't, and you don't answer. What the fuck are we doing, boys? What are we doing? It's like, that's kind of where I'm at. Okay. All right, fine. You go down, you want to, you want to just say, fine, Lucci channel is, you know, 33, 34 He's getting up there in age. Well, if you put him on this team right now, he has the same amount of fighting majors as anyone else on the team. All right. The other guy that leads it is Trent Frederick. They're both six three. They're both six three, right? Yep. Trent Frederick's two ten. Milan Lucic two thirty one. Twenty pounds heavier. Like, like that. That's something to think about. All right. Next guy. 
they back bring back Big Z. I knew get, I get Shara back right. here. And you, funny, and funny again, enough. But funny hold enough. on. No, go ahead. This is this is what this is. Everyone's like, oh my god, like he's yeah. just whatever. But I'm not saying he's a top pair with McAvoy. Put him in the two three. Limited his ice time. He's already limited in in the Islanders. Yep. Give the Islanders a draft pick because they suck this year too. Give them whatever they want because your the trade value isn't going to be high. But the same thing, you put Shire on the you put Shire on the ice. He leads the team in fights. He leads it. He would lead yeah. the Bruins in fights. He has more fights than any single guy on the team. And t- t- I'm not I'm not I'm not uh, disparag- disparaging it. I- I'm just saying that. Uh, today he uh, he he does get he does have that occasional assist too when he's on when he's on the ice he had an assist today uh, to tie it up just saying just right, saying not saying so, he's a true goal scorer but he's pretty goddamn good I don't you know I don't want to I don't want to sit here and be like oh well we have to you know we have to bring back guys that are going to beat people's faces in but you got to bring it back guys that are going to make other teams question hey should I should I hit Marshan right now. Should I hit Bergeron? Should I hit Pasternak? Because I really don't want to have to answer to Zidane Chara. I really don't want to have to answer to Milan Lucic. Yeah, okay, I'll deal with Frederick. But that thought of I might have to answer to these guys and their price being low, you can't ask for much from to get those guys back here. You know, like the mid mid to late round draft picks, I don't know. Maybe a guy down in Providence. Who knows? Whatever you want to do, but we got to get tougher. We can't allow we can't allow teams to just take runs at our best players. And everyone's going to say this this isn't the way the game's going. You're right, but Tom Wilson's still in the NHL for a reason, right? Tom Wilson. No, no one on the Bruins is going to fight Tom Wilson. All right. So there's for the Capitals. Go down the list of Pat Maroon for the Lightning. Like there's guys around the league that are are we don't want to say enforcers, but when someone takes a run at the Ovechkins, the um TJ Oshis, the Austin Matthews, you you have to answer to those guys, and that's why you see no one doing it. Not to say Ovechkin can't handle his own because that dude's a different breed, but you know it. I think that's an avenue we have to explore where we really need all the players we can get and all the draft picks we can get. And we don't have much value period. So look for something cheap, bring back some old familiar faces that understand how we operate. And you, who says you still can't go out and make those other moves, you know, bring yeah. in the other guys cause you're not giving up any capital really. I don't know. That's that's what I think. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, my only, like, I guess rebuttal to that would be is, like, Lucic, while the cost to get him would probably be cheap, contractually, he's not cheap. You know, this is a player that is, like, five and a half million. He's still got a couple years left in his deal. Is he really? Yeah, so, like, if the bees made the trade for him right now, I just went to Cap Friendly. Um, I think it's, like, 2.54 million to be on the hook for for the rest of this year. Great. That's not bad. But then it's five seven five, I think I said, or five five, or something along those lines for the next two years. And I don't yeah. think I, I yeah. did that with David Backus. You know what I mean? Um, I, if if it was if it was small if it was a smaller cap hit, I'm all for because I do think you know Lucic would inject some life and some toughness that I think that the Bruins team kind of needs. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you have a Lucic on your team, 
And that dude who took the cheap shot against Marshan the other night for the Hathaway, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I, I have a feeling that we would have saw more fights. We would have seen a little more fire and energy out of that piece. Um, you know, so again, probably not the way that the game's going or whatever that nonsense is, but the Bruins have always been known as the big, bad Bruins. We got away from that. Um, I now, <clears throat> if the Bruins are going to look to get a defenseman, I actually don't mind the idea of bringing a char to char back to this team. And I mean that in the respect of, again, not going to cost you a lot. Um, but it's also going to be contingent on what you basically missed from a trade standpoint, because the dude from the stars, he's going to just be a rental. He's going to be for the rest of this year. Um, looking that up. He's in the final year of his deal. I'm not sure if I want to give a first round pickup going back and looking at that now for a guy that's only going to be here for the next couple of months. Cause I just, I don't think that this team currently as built is worth giving up a first to, because and then they, like, I don't think they're close to winning a cup. I also still do believe with what I said a couple of minutes ago, that Don Sweeney has been struggling with the draft perspective. And I just don't have the confidence that he's going to use that first round pick correctly. So if you're going to use the one package that up and get a young defenseman that you can put with the second pairing that can be part of that future long-term. If you can't find that, then bring in, then bring in Chara and again, limit the minutes down. We don't need him to be Chara. That's from 10 years ago. We need him to be just some that can eat some minutes that can be healthy and see where that piece goes. So I, next couple of weeks, this is a really big period for, for Don Sweeney because you know, I know a lot of the people who cover the Bruins and stuff like that. They really kind of played off a specific way about like the way this team is perceived and how this front office is looked at. I, I can't imagine that the Jacobs are going to be okay with complacency. And if this team doesn't make a move to get better and, and have a deep run, we need to put everything on the table, coach, general manager, president roster, not saying you've got to rip it up and start from scratch, but I, I don't, think it is out of the realm to look at how can we make the Bruins better take the high boom approach for sustainability for many years to come so it's my two cents yeah did this this you know not to continue down this path it's obviously a good conversation but I think with the contracts and all that you know kind of what Chris was saying if we if we really suck this year, right? Like if we continue down this path where we're just mediocre, you know, we may sneak into the playoffs. How do you, if you're the Jacobs, look at this and be like, all right, we're going to keep Sweeney. Um, you know, we're going to keep the coach. We're going to keep the roster con completely as is. How do you do that? So Sweeney has to feel that, that pressure. That's why I'm kind of like, I think he may be like, fuck it. I have to build something or show that I'm trying to do something for this year. And then next year we'll figure it out. We'll cap wise, roster wise, whatever it may be. We'll spend the entire off season trying to figure out what to do here, who to move, who to cut, whatever you want to do. I think he is so against the wall right now that he almost needs to turn a blind eye to the, well, this guy's here for two more years after this. I, you got to kind of ignore that because you backed yourself into this corner. So pick your poison. Do you want your job? Like, do you want to be able to make the decisions 
come the off season? Or do you want to just say, well, I don't want to have to make a decision two years from now. So I'm going to stay, stay pat. And then you're out of a, possibly out of a job. So it's kind of a, you know, they're in a shitty situation, bottom line. Any way you look at it, it's a tough situation. So I think if you're Sweeney, he just says, fuck it. I got to unload here. Here we go. Let's let's see what I can do because I got to get these guys on a, on a winning path and I got to do whatever I can to maximize this window that may still be cracked open, but it's closing. It's chilly too, just saying. It is winter and it is, <laughs> it is chilly in here. And uh, let's uh, so let's go ahead and look ahead before we give our hot takes. And by the way, uh, March 21st is the trade deadline for the NHL this year. So it's coming up fast, um, a little oh, a little over a month and a half away, um, about two months probably. But let's look ahead here. Uh, so they have the Avalanche tomorrow, and uh, they're at Colorado. That's going to be a, a tough game. Avalanche obviously have probably well, one of these be- the best, if not the best, uh, next to McDavid and Dreisaitl, uh with Landeskog. Ranatan and um, McKinnon for that line. And they have Nazim Kadri, who's good on that second line. They, they're, they're just so deep. It's, it's ridiculous. They do have a goaltending problem, but that's uh, they keep scoring. So that's nothing to worry about there. Then, like we said, on Friday, Arizona, they got a little West Coast trip um, at Arizona on Friday. Arizona currently winning against Pittsburgh right now, two to one. Um, that's going to the second intermission, I think. Um, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying that it's a cakewalk, but that's two two now. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be a cakewalk, but I mean it's Arizona. Uh, it's Arizona is uh, statistically, I believe, the worst team in the league right now, if I remember correctly. Uh, let's see, thirteen. Yes, they are ten and twenty six right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, second worst. Canadians are eight and twenty six. Uh, Canadians have only won eight games this year, guys. Just saying, I we bring this up every week because I like to bring up the standings eight and 26 a year out from being in the Stanley Cup. I, I, I can't, I posted this the other day. I can't imagine at what point you were, you imagine your team going from a Stanley Cup contender, and I know it was the COVID times and it still is the COVID times, but from going there to eight and 26, good God, I, I, I can't even imagine what that's like. Um, but anyway, uh, so the second worst team is the Arizona coyotes who will probably be, uh, selling here soon. And then Sunday you're at Dallas. So you'll be able to see John Klingberg, uh, on that West on that trip as well, uh, with Chai Crun and, uh, Krause on Friday. Uh, so I don't know about you guys, but there is a pot, apparently a big snowstorm coming this weekend. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, if you guys want to catch up on your Bruins, uh, Best time to do it. Uh, apparently, up here in Maine, we're going to get about over a foot of snow. Um, well, we'll God see. Bless how- you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus, man. All of it. Apparently, if it hits right, 18 to 20 inches is what I'm told. Um, so we'll see if I survive to next Tuesday. I don't know. Uh, I might have to ration out my food at that point. Um, and then on Tuesday, when we come back for our 16th episode, we got Seattle at home, Seattle. Uh, the third worst team in the uh, <laughs> league. So you got a pretty favorable schedule coming up here outside of the avalanche and the Dallas stars. Dallas stars has a very underrated uh, 
first line, Chris, I don't know if you've seen this, but they have Rupe Hintz, uh, Jason Robertson, and uh, Joe Pavelski. Um, probably a very underrated line. Uh, looking at the schedule ahead, though, uh, Chris, g- give me your thoughts. Uh, it, it seems like a pretty favorable schedule, like I said, outside the Avs of Dallas. Uh, but what, what's your thoughts? Uh, and who do you think uh, will be goalie for most of these um, for most of these four games? Well, <clears throat> I want to see I want to see Allmark go between in the, between the pipes against the Stars. And then, like we talked a little bit earlier, let Rask go against the lesser team. Um, whether that's a confidence builder or whatever it might be. Because if Rask goes and shits the bed against the Coyotes, then I think there's you know, reason to be a little concerned. Um, I'm not going to take the safe route. or Because like sometimes I'll do some of these picks, I'll take the safe route. Because you know, I think with the last one, you know, I... Kevin kind of hit it right off the top of the head and he wasn't afraid to just say it as it is. I think the Bruins need to, these next two games, Bruins need to sweep, get, get the, get the four points that you're going to need, but they're going to need to get the goaltending. The goaltending is going to need to be dialed in. They're going to need to have that in place. Um, Felino is going to, I would probably say be out since his face got messed up. So <laughs> by John I, Gibson. That was, that, did you watch that live? Apparently they have a beef together. Cause back when he was on, back when he was out West played out West, they, they fought before too. When he was on Columbus, he, he fought. I he went I, out. He he had to have went out, got back up and just kept hitting. I'm like, Oh dude. Like, if I'm on the other end of that and I know I just knocked you out and then you're still throwing punches at me, I'm like, okay, you win, dude. Like, Come here. Uh, that's why, that's why they brought him in. I mean, I don't, I didn't think we brought him in to fight the goalie, but I mean, <laughs> I, oh. what was that? Uh, take no prisoners. Um, I, I wish it was just Jordan Bennington, but I mean, that's a different story for a different day. Um, but he gives up seven goals a game anyway, so I'm fine with that. So, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm just curious if he's going to miss any time because I mean, didn't he miss some time too at the beginning of the season? Yes, as well. Yeah, you know. So I think he's out. And, I think he's out tomorrow. I think they said at least tomorrow so, he'll be out. Um, you know, I I I I have to. I wanted to see them. They got to collect these four points. Continue to to gain that momentum. Continue to close the gap on some of these teams that you, you that you've been catching in in the standings. And, and really just kind of go from there. I think that the Bruins have played well enough in the month of January to really close this month out strong. You go and, and go and, and drop these games against the Stars and the Coyotes, I, and then coming off that last game, I think it really puts a little bit of a black eye in what this team has done in the month of January because they've been they've been pretty hot this month. So yeah. I, I, I think that's what they need to do there. I need to see the goaltending be there. And if Olmark continues to struggle too then shit you know we're gonna (laughs) having three starters to one in the minors and two it's gonna be like a coin flip like a one worth 20 million dollars it's like watching matt barnes pitch nonstop. (laughs) which is very fitting to talk about red sauce given the news today of david ortiz but uh kevin what's uh before we before we turn it over to hot takes and really uh dive into things what is your uh, prediction for these next four games. Yeah, uh, next four games. Um, I'm going to take it kind of a little bit 
further than Chris. You know, Chris says you gotta you gotta sweep these next two. I just want to go the next two. I want to get the these the, these four points against these two teams to, to start with, um, just to really kind of close this month out strong, and you know, just really kind of go from there after that. Yeah, I, you know, looking even still looking ahead, I'm gonna go one more game further. The next five games, I think you need to you need to go five and zero oh here. You need to you need to get ten points right now. Get yourself back in because in in not not saying of like it's life or death, right? Like not saying your season's on the line, but the your next five games, you have to separate yourself from the rest of the pack. Like you have to solidify. We're not this middle of the road team. We're we're going to be a top team. We're going to be in that upper. You know, hey, these are these are the first group of contenders. These are like contender 2.0, whatever you want to call it. You know, the A and B group. And you got the Avalanche, tough matchup, 100% tough matchup. But, you know, when we're squaring off against good teams like the Capitals, we we took care of business and we showed that we can do it. We'll do, it do it again. Show it. Continue to show that you can beat these very good teams. Like, don't. Yeah. The Avalanche are good teams. And then you roll in, you got the Coyotes, Stars, and then the Penguins. Those should be four, four gimmies, right? Those, those really should be a given eight points. The Avalanche are the, okay, we'll see what, you know, could go either way. If, if Allmark decides that, you know, he doesn't like playing hockey, then we could be in, we could be in for a tough game. Um, but I, I think we, you need to go, you need to sweep the next five games minimum. So I'll go that, that route of anything, any loss in these next five games where we're in a tough spot. So let's, let's dive into that for a hot second. Um, hold on. Let me bring this up on my iPad. Uh, so let's just say right now uh, you're looking at, uh, before we go to hot takes, I just want to bring this up really quick. Um, you're looking at the Boston Bruins right now. You said the next five games they need to win. Uh, or they should win for that matter. Um, the Boston Bruins are currently sitting in fourth in the Atlantic division. Uh, they are 12. Uh, no, not 12. They are uh, eight points ahead of the Red Wings with 53 points behind the Maple Leafs with uh, we have 53 currently. And then you have the Panthers and the Lightning both sitting at the top of the Atlantic division at uh, 61 points. Uh, to put that into perspective, uh, you are sitting currently five points behind the Capitals, uh, six points behind the Hurricanes, and seven points behind the Penguins, uh, if you're looking at a full conference uh, look between the two. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Maple Leafs have been struggling lately, and that's a good thing because we talked about how uh, they need to uh, gain ground on them, and they uh, gained ground. They uh, added five or six points, and they're now – three points behind the Maple Leafs. So now you got to make that another push and uh, try to get ahead of the Maple Leafs. Now, not saying it is a, a necessity, but like Kevin said, you know, if you want to be uh, not known as the mediocre team, the team that, you know, is middle of the pack and you want to, you know, make that move and you don't want Detroit catching up with you again, either, because that's, that's a horrible look. If Detroit catches up with you and, you know, the next closest team to Detroit for, uh, for Christ's sakes, is uh, um, is the Blue Jackets? They have thirty-seven points. So I mean, it, it goes down and down and down as you 
go on. And obviously, you know, probably not going to catch up with the Panthers, Lightning, and or uh, New York Rangers, but um, it's totally possible. Long season ahead. Uh, looking at the playoff matchup right now, though, you're looking at um, you're looking at a matchup in the Eastern Conference with the Florida Panthers right now. If the season ended today, um, <laughs> no, um, I can't even believe I'm saying that. Either. What? I can't believe I'm saying that. Woof, the Panthers, Oof, dude. They are the Florida Panthers are red hot right now. Let's put it like that. Um, currently yeah. tied um, at the top, like I said, and then you'd have Tampa Bay. Toronto, New York Rangers, and Washington, uh, so on and so forth. But yeah, no, what f- focusing, you, you want to stay away from that one four matchup, uh, in all honesty, or that one seven matchup, whatever it is, because you don't want to go into Florida. You know how Florida plays, and it's not the same way you play. And you know, they, they put up, I think, 18 goals within two games. One uh, last week, I think they put up nine back to back on back to back days. So that being said, it it will be an interesting five game stretch coming up here uh, for sure. Like Kevin said, I'm not going to say they need to go five and all, but they need to win at least four out of the five next five games because it, it it's not do or die. But it is to that point where, you know, you're, you're starting to wonder what you need for trade pieces. What you want to use for trade pieces, Jake DeBrusque is obviously upping his trade value if you decide to trade him or not. Uh, that is another story that uh, Kevin has put out uh, back in December, but you can go on and read that, the dilemma with Jake DeBrusque. Um, that being said, though, Chris, let's go to you. Uh, we close this show out, uh, brought to you by Shocked Energy. Go to shockedenergy.com. Use code CGSN. Uh, CGSN today with 10% off your next order. Chris, uh, hot takes as we head into this next four to five games. Well, first, let me get the energy drink that I'm drinking and turn the can around so the sponsor doesn't get upset. Um, let's, let's start with that. Oops. Um, so you, you want me to give the next five games now or the two? Well, uh, next four games. I, I was four. on the five games. The whole All right. Time. So game. next, these th- th- upcoming. Yes. Three and one, you know, I, I know, uh, I think that that, that, I think that's fair. Um, I think that they, they just need to get the consistent goaltending, you know, and, and just <clears throat> hopefully these guys can, can get hot. So um, I want to see them go three and one. We got to see Marshan with the hat trick. We got to see pasta with the hat trick. Kind of want to see another hat trick next week. So you know I'm gonna see on is get the hat trick. I'm just oh gonna pull him one out there right now. Let's get De- let's get DeBrusque with a hat trick out there. Keep increasing that trade value. <laughs> well, just in case, dude, um, we're we're almost up to dry sidle straight up. Honestly, we're almost there. <laughs> you might you might be able to get dry sidle in a pick. And the way that oh, going, dude, right? he is he is through the roof right now. Honestly, skyrocket. So, Put him on the first I line. Want, that kid bla- blazes. I want to go three and one. And I want to see Jake DeBrusque in a game with a hat trick. And he's going <laughs> Which to- game? Let's let's whittle it down. Which Coyotes. game? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Coyotes. Uh, I was thinking it was going to be the Coyotes of Seattle. So you know what's going to be though? It'll probably be against Colorado. Oh, probably. It's always the best teams they do well against. Like Kevin said, makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, they play. They play to their competition, and it's and it's they play a down. Terrible trait for any team. Like people think, like yeah, we they're able to play up with their competition. Nope, 
bad teams play to their competition. You can name another team in Boston that does that too, but we're uh-huh. not going to get well, I can <laughs> name two teams in Boston that are doing that right now, but uh, one yeah. of them, one of them's not currently playing. So is one um, of the Boston Celtics <laughs> oh, by far, oh, by, by far, <laughs> who are currently winning, who is currently up 30 right now. Um, but that's, that's right. they'll, they'll find a way to lose that he, game. Exactly. Uh, Kevin, what is your uh, hot take for the next four? Um, next four, I got to stick with what I said earlier. We, we're going to go four and oh. Um, Avalanche, Avalanche game is going to be tough. It's going to come down to, uh, oh, let's see. It's going to come down to an overtime, overtime W, and Chucky's going to score it to win it. I think Ooh, Charlie Chucky. McAvoy is going to get the overtime goal. Um, and then kind of go one step further. Tuka Rask is going to get a shutout against the Coyotes because it's Coyotes. He's, he's finally, finally feeling the pressure and he's going to get a shutout against the Coyotes and think all is forgiven. Like the Coyotes are supposed to be an NHL team, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, if you we wanted to go up against an AHL team for at least one game, at least that's the game that we can put them up against. It's basically an AHL team. That in Montreal, I mean, yeah, you know, Montreal so I, is just putrid, as I said. Oh boy. Okay. I mean, if if you're if you're Cassidy, you got to be kind of looking at this schedule and be like, all right, I am not letting Rask anywhere near any somewhat above average NHL team at the moment. So. I'm gonna give you all the cupcakes you need, man. No Dallas, no Colorado. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're you got the right, other you two. got you got the you got the Coyotes, you got the Kraken, you got the Senators. We're gonna just <laughs> we're gonna yeah. give you all the like we're gonna hold your hand through these eight warm up games that you need to shake the rust off. Apparently, so um, yeah, that's gonna be that should be his approach. And four and zero, Charlie McAvoy wins it in overtime against the Avalanche. Tukaras gets a shutout against the Coyotes, and then I'm not going any further than that. And hopefully, no time <laughs> in the sin bin for old Kevin, because that is a bold one. Four zero, I like it though. I do very much like it. Um, so that's gonna do it for episode 15. Um, we will be back next week, obviously, unless Kevin gets COVID, because you know, dude, knock on wood. Yeah, right. Yeah, knock on, knock <laughs> on wood. Uh, I've been saying that for two years, and I knocked on wood for two years, and here I am. Um, anyway, uh, that's going to do it for episode 15 of shorthanded takes a Boston Bruins podcast. We are brought to you by, uh, couch guy sports as always also sponsored by shocked energy. Once again, CGSN, uh, is the code to use at shockedenergy.com. Also brought to you by Exogun, uh, the massage gun that works perfectly. Uh, I still need to try it. I still have not been able to try it, but that being said, I am Jeff Oak. That is Chris Henrique. That is Kevin Perdios. And this has been episode 15, and we will see you next week for episode 16.